All right, you guys, I am currently struggling with a pinched nerve in my neck. And if you have ever had one, you know the pain. So I am feeling super thankful for today's sponsor, Tanasi. Tanasi's CBD, CBDA is two times better than CBD alone and better than over-the-counter ibuprofen, acetaminophen, and aspirin. It helps soothe and relieve my aches and pains like my pinched nerve, and it's great for sleep and anxiety, so I put it on right before bed. Tanasi was discovered by a team of chemists and biologists at Middle Tennessee State University, and 5% of all revenue is given back to the university partner for ongoing research. It is THC-free and comes in a range of products. I love the topicals, but you can also choose from soft gels, gummies, and tinctures. Satisfaction is guaranteed. Try Tanasi for 30 days, and if you don't love it, you get a full refund. Go to Tanasi.com and use code MOM to get 25% off at checkout. That's T-A-N-A-S-I.com to get 25% off your first order with promo code MOM. Since learning the truth about alcohol over four years ago, I've become pretty skeptical about anything that seems too good to be true. You know, like alcohol. If you're like me and you can spot a too-good-to-be-true health hack from a mile away, congrats, you're a skeptic too. Ritual knows that every good skeptic deserves a multivitamin that exceeds our standards. I take Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus every morning because it has high-quality and traceable key ingredients in clean, bioavailable forms. It's gentle on an empty stomach and has a minty essence in every bottle that helps make taking my multis actually enjoyable. No more shady business. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com forward slash sober mom. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com forward slash sober mom for 25% off. Hi, welcome to the Sober Mom Life podcast. I'm your host, Suzanne of My Kind of Sweet and the Sober Mom Life on Instagram. If you are a mama who has questioned your relationship with alcohol at times, if you're wondering if maybe it's making motherhood harder, this is for you. I will be having candid, honest, funny conversations with other moms who have also thought, hmm, maybe motherhood is better without alcohol. Is it possible? We'll chat and we'll talk about all things sobriety and how we've found freedom in sobriety I don't consider myself an alcoholic. You don't have to either. And maybe life is brighter without alcohol. I hope you will join us on this journey and I'm so excited to get started. Hello, happy Monday. Welcome back from the Thanksgiving bubble. How are we doing? How are we feeling? You know, the holidays are in full swing. And I'm just proud of you for taking some time for yourself. I think it's, you know, more important than ever, especially as life gets crazier and crazier. December for us is just bananas, right? There's so many like recitals and concerts and school stuff. And then not to mention all of the holiday Christmas stuff. And if you celebrate Hanukkah or Kwanzaa, and it's just, it's a lot, right? And so just keep coming back here. Let's keep meeting here every Monday and Friday. 
I'll be in your ear. I'll help you through it. And I'm just, I'm so grateful. Speaking of Thanksgiving and tis the season for gratitude and being thankful. And I'm just so thankful for you and how you continue to support this podcast. Man, I can't say it enough. I'll try. I just really appreciate you. And it's because of you I get to do this every week and sit down with amazing guests and amazing moms and hear stories. And it's just such an honor. Today's guest, Taylor Cole, if you watched Laguna Beach in the, you know, in the early aughts, then you know Taylor Cole. She was on that show. We talk about that and we talk about how, I mean, I can't imagine how weird it must have been to be drinking in high school and then also have a camera in your face and being filmed and having adults kind of urge you to drink and not stepping in. So we talk about that. We talk about how that affected her relationship with alcohol and where she is now. She's a holistic nutritionist and functional therapy practitioner. She's such a joy. And I told her that I'm going to contact her because I need some help with my nutrition and just feeling my best. You guys know my, oh, my, my struggle with sugar continues. So yes, I'll link everything in the show notes. I'll link her website and I think you'll, you'll love her story. And yeah, maybe now I do want to go back and watch some Laguna Beach. I want to binge it again because that was such a crazy time. Those early aughts, man. I hope you enjoy this episode. Don't forget, if you love the episode, if you love the podcast, please rate and review it. That really does help. I read all of the the reviews. Give it all of the stars that you can. Also, make sure you follow it. And then come and join the Sober Mom Life Cafe. If you're looking for community, for sober women community, they're just the best women on the internet and on the planet. And I'm telling you, it will make all the difference. You need a community and we are here for you. So come and join us. And I hope you enjoy this episode with Taylor. Taylor, hi. Welcome to the Sober Mom Life podcast. I'm so happy you're here. Thank you. Yeah, I'm excited. I know. I am too. So you reached out. You sent me a message and I loved your email because you were like, okay, so I think I'm ready to share my story. I was on a reality show and I was like, wait, hold on. Okay. So we know you from Laguna Beach. And first of all, I can't imagine having my high school days recorded and videoed for all to see and then in perpetuity. So how did you even deal with that? I want to start there because that's just wild to me. Well, I think Laguna Beach was the first of its kind, really. So we had the benefit of not knowing what we were getting into. It was before any social media. So we went into it really naively and we were very lucky. I was able to do that. And then I was able to still go to college and have live a very normal life. I think if it had been even one, definitely five years later, it would have been a different 
situation. I'm not even sure my parents would have let me do it. Right. So I feel very lucky that I got to kind of have that fun experience Yeah. and then go on and live a normal life. Yeah. So it was good. So you look back on it like with good feelings. Definitely. Oh my gosh. Oh, yeah. that's good. I, yeah. No, it was so fun and it feels surreal. It feels like a different, I it was so bet. long ago now and people, you know, will still say, now I get, oh, I know you from somewhere. Yeah. Did you go to high school here? <gasps> Did you date my brother yeah. to do all these things and then I'll say my husband will say just say it yes. and I'm like okay well I was on Laguna Beach and they'll look at me like no I don't know what that is and I'm like well you do yes. somewhere deep in your mind yes you do. totally it was so long ago so yeah that's so funny they're like did you go to high school with me did I go to high school with you and you're yeah. like well kind of you did go to high school with me yeah, you did exactly. watch my high school how old were you during that it was our senior year when we were filming. And then oh, the real kicker is, is it aired when I was a freshman at University of Arizona. Oh. So Monday nights in the dorms, it was on the TVs, which was odd. And like your friends were watching it and you were like, like, did you watch it or were you like, no, I can't? No, I didn't watch it. Very yeah. luckily, I had joined a sorority and our chapter meetings were on Monday nights. Oh, nice. So I was able to be in that safe space with my friends in a locked chapter room and I didn't have to be in the Oh, that's rooms. good. And it, was, and it was before social media. So I was able to just kind of ignore it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, God, that seems like a lifetime ago before social media. Yeah. And you went to the University of Arizona. So big party school, right? Is it? Oh man. Uh, oh man. Now we talk about the alcohol. Yes, exactly. So the alcohol started in high school. Yeah. Eighth grade. I remember the very first time we drank and then it continued through there. It was very socially acceptable, encouraged. And this is like in high school? In high school. Yeah. I look yeah. back in scenes on Laguna Beach. Very obvious we were drinking. Yeah. The producers, the camera people knew we were drinking. In fact, encouraged it. Really? Yeah. I mean, they would take the beers out of our hands and pour them into red cups because they couldn't film us with the beer logos. So uh -huh. They would never take it away. Yeah. I think they got better content when we had been drinking. So yeah. that was confusing to have adults not saying anything to us about it. Yeah. And looking back now on scenes filming, it's very obvious, slurring my words, rosy cheeks, yeah, definitely drunk. Yes. And then going to U of A, the time of my life, but mm -hmm. lots of lots of alcohol. Yeah. I can't imagine because like in high school, normally if you're drinking in high school, you're going to like hide it, right? It's kind of like, okay, we're going to meet in this field. You know, I'm from Wisconsin. And so it was like, yes, yeah, so let's meet in this cornfield or something. And then away from adults. And unless there was like a random kid's parents who, you know, that house when they were like, oh, we want you to drink here rather than out there. And so I can't imagine how crazy that would feel just to have not only adults being like, okay, yes, like I co-sign this, pour it into the red solo cup, but also like kind of just keep drinking because it makes for better TV. Yeah. And I think where I grew up too, there was a lot of big, beautiful houses and they were empty. Parents were busy yes. traveling. There was a lot of nannies taking care of kids. Yeah. Not in my home. My parents were definitely around, but it was easy to go find the house where it was empty or find the beach Yes, and these private communities. So 
it wasn't difficult. Yeah. Wow. That's wild. And how were your parents? Like, (laughs) do you remember them? Like, did they talk to you about alcohol or was it a conversation or was it kind of okay? So it was definitely present in my life, you know, dinners, dinners, outs, vacations. It was definitely a constant. They just appreciated me being honest with them and coming home. Yeah. They never were the house where it was, you know, allowed in front of their face or they never gave it to my friends and I. I think my mom's perspective was to not come down hard on it because she didn't want me to then find ways to lie to her about it. Yes. Yeah. To hide. I think that that now as a parent, I mean, my oldest is nine, but that's always, it's like that fine line, right? Of like wanting to make sure you're like instilling all of these values and really teaching them, but then no shame and no judgment when they screw up because they will. And the screw ups get a little bit more important as they get older. Right. Right. So yeah, she trusted the process and trusted our communication. And I am grateful for that. You know, I don't think she is the reason why I drink so much. I think it was just, you know, my friends and yeah, trying to keep up with everybody else, but I appreciated her totally being welcoming and comforting for me. Yeah. And were you born there? Are you from Laguna? Yeah, I was born literally in the hospital there in town. They no longer deliver babies. It's so small there, but oh, I was wow. born and raised there. Okay. Yeah. And do you still live there? No, we're in Phoenix now. My husband okay. and I and our three kids are in Phoenix. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. So then the drinking started in high school, continued, and then college was like, did you like really just let loose? Oh, yeah. If my friends listen to <laughs> this, like, they're oh, going to laugh. I? Oh, my gosh. Yes. I had the time of my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No moderation. If I was going out, I was drinking. Yeah. I was thinking about this morning. I never went out sober. And that is because I am inherently a quiet, kind of reserved, yeah, shy person. And I'm very comfortable being on the outskirts and just observing the fun. But yeah. I use the drinking as a crutch to then be the fun girl. And once I feel yes. like I created that persona, there was a pressure to be that fun person, this persona that yeah. I've created. And it wasn't in line with who I am now. And I feel like that's kind of what I've, it took three kids and a lot of years to realize that I don't have to be that person. So. Oh, yes. And I think that's so common when we feel like who we are inside is not okay, right? It's not enough. Like I have to be more. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you had added pressure. If you're, you know, classmates or something were watching you on, it was on MTV, right? Yes. I'm trying to remember. I did watch it back in the day. I'm older than you, but I remember. Yeah. So if they're watching you, right, on this show, and then there's probably, yeah, more of a pressure to deliver. And it's like, hey, look, I go to college with that girl right here. And so then, I mean, it makes all the sense in the world that you're like, okay, so they're not going to be happy if I'm shy and right on the outskirts, right? Right. And I'm already a social anxiety person. So to know all these people know my name and they know this show, I think I drank to mask that. And then the encouragement from people, oh, you're so fun when you drink. Oh, we'd love drunk Taylor. And ooh, here comes drunk Taylor. She's coming out tonight. Yeah. You know. And then being around the people like in college, you find the friends who then like to drink too right? And you're like, oh, okay. And so then it doesn't feel like anything's different, right? Or off or wrong, right? Right. Exactly. No, I didn't 
stick out. I found the people that were right in line with me for sure. Yes, exactly. So was there any like big moment or was it just pretty much like overall drank a lot, binge drank all of the stuff that we do in college? Yeah. So fast forward, I married my college sweetheart. So we then moved back to California, lived there for a few years and continued the partying together. You know, our foundation is frat parties and dirt bags, which is the yeah. main bar that we all go to. So wait, what is it? Dirt bags? Yeah. Dirt bags. Oh my God. That's the amazing. Bar that we, that, <laughs> so, you know, we continued having a ton of fun after college, moved out here to Phoenix, continued the fun, had our kids, continued the fun and it's the pandemic. And then I became a holistic nutritionist and really yeah. learning how hard our body works to keep us healthy and to reach homeostasis. And we're in this world of, you know, trying to be healthy. And here I am preaching all these things that I'm doing the one thing that just makes your body work much harder than it needs to. This sounds so funny, but I started wearing an aura ring and to see the effects it had on my sleep. And then my body trying two, three, four, five nights to get back to normal and then doing it again on Friday night and resetting all that. I would get to the point where I would drink and just not wear my aura ring that night when I slept because I couldn't handle seeing the truth. (gasps) Wow. So that's so interesting. Like, what did the ring tell Mm -hmm. you? Did it tell you like you were waking up, like no deep sleep, all of that? Yes. It would tell me I would sleep all night because I was passed Passed out out. or, you know, alcohol induced sleep, but it wasn't deep. I wasn't reaching REM sleep. My heart rate variability, that's your ability to handle stress was tanked. My heart rate was high. My temperature was high. I mean, that is your vitality. That's how you handle health. I'm also really into blood sugar. And the next day, my blood sugar, I couldn't handle anything as far as food. It was just a total roller coaster. Wow. And I'm a very data-driven person. Yeah. Also very stubborn. So seeing that stuff, coupled with the anxiety that started creeping in, even after one or two drinks. And I think the anxiety came from knowing I was knowingly doing this to myself and not feeling 100% on my own accord. Yeah. All of that just kind of came to a head last year on December 30th with a hangover a night after blacking out. But honestly, after only like three drinks, like that started to happen. Like, I think my body was just giving me the, you know, you need to stop. And I just went out, you know, didn't drink way too much, but and I've said some mean things to my husband, which I felt horrible about. Thank God he's so forgiving and yeah. sweet, but just, you know, but I was hard on myself about it. And the next morning on December 31st, I went out on my Instagram and said, who's joining me on an alcohol-free 2023? And I made a close friends group of over 200 women wow. that I now message with that have been on this journey, whether they've continued or not, but just, you know, words of encouragement and and talking back and forth. I hadn't even told my husband. He saw it on Instagram. <laughs> That's how he found out. Really? Yes. But I just didn't want any outside noise. I didn't want him saying whatever his input was. I just yeah. needed this moment. I just did it in a moment. It was totally impulse. And I honestly, to be honest, I needed the accountability of my Instagram following. Yeah. I just My stubbornness is not going to let that down. Yes. So I've stuck with it. That's incredible. Okay. There's so much here. And yeah. I love that 
being out and kind of saying out loud what you're going to do and the whole like alcohol free in 2023. Is that what it was? Yes. I should put you in touch with Noelle because she's in our group. She did the Real Sober Mom chats and she did the same thing. And I think kind of like committing to something like that, like a big block of time takes mm-hmm. so much of the questions out yes. of it that you can just be like, okay, yes, I'm going to share it rather than like, you know, we've been taught to like wait to share or that it's something to be ashamed of. Mm-hmm. And then when you share, you can get community, which is essential in right. any sort of alcohol-free experiment. Right. And the interesting part of it was my husband and my family's reaction and close friends were kind of hush, hush. Oh, but you don't have a problem. Well, they don't need a problem. That is incredible marketing by big alcohol to make us think you have to have this big problem to quit them and how dangerous that is. Yeah. When someone's like, oh, well, you weren't that bad or yeah, you didn't have a problem. I'm always like, you guys, alcohol is the problem. Exactly. I wasn't. You're right. Like I did not have a problem. And like I no longer have a problem because now alcohol is gone and like not in my life to create even more problems. Exactly. And my life is so full now. Birthday parties, yes. Yoga in the morning, yes. Tennis in the early, early morning before my kids wake up on Saturday or Sunday morning, yes. Because I know I'm not going to be hungover. And I can say yes to these things 10 days in advance. I just know I'm going to feel amazing. Isn't that incredible? Like I'm always, you know, if there's like some sort of like get together or a dinner or something for school on like a Tuesday night. Like you don't have to think and just be like, okay, well, what do I have Wednesday? Like, how am I going to feel? It's like, no, yeah, I'll go because I know how I'm going to feel when I wake up. And it's so funny. Everybody, you know, backloads all the fun things that kind of start Thursday and Friday because I think they all know they're going to be drinking. Whereas I'm like, what about Monday and Tuesday? Let's do it. Yes. Seven days a week. That's funny too with the sleep that you noticed. And I feel like we all need an aura ring. Now I want to get one. My brother-in-law has one and it's very interesting to me, but that you could see that it's taking your body like two, three, four nights to even like recover to get back. Mm -hmm. And then if you're a drinker who's drinking just on the weekend, if we have that rule or starting Fridays or whatever, it's like your body just doesn't get a chance to function as it's designed and to heal and to recover and do all of those things. And we're all turning our eye to this, you know, in my holistic space, it's what magnesium supplement, what gut health protocol, what detox, but no, first thing I talk to my clients, this is how do you sleep? That is a foundation of health. It's so, so, so important. And like as moms, like it's so funny because before I became a mom, I don't think I thought about my sleep. I mean, like ever, you know, I for sure took it for granted. I mean, I was drinking and so it was shit. And I didn't think about sleep as moms. I mean, sleep to me is the most important thing, not only for me, but for like my kids, for my husband. Like if my kids don't get enough sleep, everything is off and everything is so much harder if we don't get good sleep. It is. I had a couple of bad nights of sleep this past weekend for different reasons. And yesterday my fuse was short. I was snappy. I was not proud of how I was acting. And 
kids don't deserve that. They don't understand that. And it's not fair. You know, they're such little beings and they're so important that we do everything we can to be there for them. Yeah. And like, just to think about our brain is not working as it should, you know, like our brain doesn't like, we can't make decisions. Like we can't do anything when we're tired. It's literally a form of torture. Yeah. My fingers didn't even, they would like, I'm like, this is horrible, 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 horrible. Yes. That's why it's like a form of torture, like sleep deprivation. And as moms, we kind of have it inherently. And so doing everything we can to get good sleep and alcohol, just seeing that as a huge sleep disruptor, I think is key. I agree. And that's what I did the first few months is I just dove into as many podcasts. Just that's how I found you just like yours. And then I also dove into just how alcohol works in our body and what it does. And that really helped fuel my motivation. Now that I'm coming up on a year on December 30th, I'm having a little bit of anxiety because that was, this was my goal. Okay. You know, like what do I do after a year? Yes. Another year doesn't feel right. Do I commit to forever? And I'd be lying if I said that it's easy to say that right now. I hope that I do. There was a quote in one of the books I read early on, I think this naked mind that said, what other habit is there that if someone offered you $20,000 to stop that you wouldn't just say, yes, done for that amount of money. And that hit me because I was like, yeah. I don't know if I could if someone offered me that amount of money forever. Yeah. I'm glad that you brought this up because forever, it's so tricky because I think we're never pressured to answer the forever question about any other good habit, right, in our lives or any other habit or any other change or anything in our lives. Like if I start going to the gym, if I sign up for yoga, right, if my husband says, are you going to do this forever? (laughs) I'll be like, oh, holy shit. And I love going to the gym and I love yoga, but I'm like, oh, holy shit, before I start this, I need to know if I'm going to do this forever. I don't know. And so I would freak out about forever, Mm -hmm. right? And just alcohol, we lean on that forever question. I think it's out of fear, right? And it still comes from a place of deprivation. Like, oh, am I going to be missing out on something always, right? Am I never going to? And I always share this when, you know, someone was like, well, I'm not going to be able to, you know, cheers at my daughter's wedding. And I'm like, okay. I mean, you could still cheers with whatever, but okay. Well, how old's your daughter and when is she getting married? And she's like, well, she's two. And I'm like, okay, well, we're not there yet. Isn't that amazing that we put it on that pedestal? It's just so crazy. Yes. It's so crazy. Right. And it's like, I understand it because it's on a pedestal and it's glamorized and romanticized and all of the things that we have wanted alcohol to be, and it just never is, we still have that hope that, but it could make Italy better, right? Like, how could I go to Italy and not drink the red wine? And I'm like, oh, very easily. And it would be so much better. But yeah, and so the forever, I think you're definitely not alone in hearing forever and kind of feeling prickly (laughs) and like, ooh, if I can't say forever, does that mean I'm, and I'm like, you know, Annie Grace also said, I think in a reel, she was like, the problem with forever is like, when do we know we've accomplished our goal? 
like when we're dead. Right. So we will always be kind of like, oh, I don't know. You know, that's why I said sober for good because I'm just like, yeah, it's sober like for the good of literally everything in my life, for the good of my relationships and mental health and physical health and sleep and motherhood and all of these things. And there's not a date. That's so good. I'm going to say that. I love that. That's why I picked a year is I wanted all the firsts. I wanted our first date night, first birthday, first trip to Mexico, first wedding, first Valentine's Day, first Christmas, first, you know, all those firsts. So we've checked all those off. We have not gone to Italy, which I have worried about, to be very honest. But maybe I'll say till we go to Europe, you know, that's my next maybe block is, okay, I've got to get through Europe, which by the way, we may not go for 10 years because we have three little kids. So I think that's a good next right. one. Yeah. <laughs> and like I heard Anne Hathaway say like on Ellen when she was like, I'm not drinking. And Ellen said forever or never again or whatever the stupid follow up. And Anne said like, well, at least for the next 18 years, like while my kids are in my home mm-hmm. and while my primary goal is to raise my children. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I totally get that. Like whatever feels good to somebody, you know, and if it is like until Italy or whatever, but that really that's just giving you a chance to take the focus off alcohol, right? And to be like, no, I'm living a full life without it. Right. And you will get to the point. I think as long as you keep going on the path that you are and like focusing on the fact that you can have fun seven days a week and you don't have to think about how you're going to feel when you wake up, you'll get to a point where it does shift to, I can't imagine drinking my way through Italy. Yeah. You know? I'm excited for that. Yeah. Like I just can't fathom losing anything more to alcohol. I already can't fathom that head change, you know, that you get the buzz. Yes. That already makes me feel weird that had changed. Yes. So I think I'm on the way there. You for sure are. Yeah. And just to think about like, what does that feel like? And like feeling literally like out of your mind. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Does your husband still drink? He does, you know, on the weekends, no holding back. Yeah. This has always been my journey. Yeah. Of course I would love for him to quit just for his health and you know, all the obvious benefits but this is always, I went into it my journey. I didn't even consult him first. There's no pressure there. Yeah. There are little things I can see him coming to my side. Like he got an aura ring yeah. and now he's like, shoot, my readiness is 59. You know, I know he's slipping away, but it's really, I'm really careful to not get on a soapbox with him yeah. or try not to. I know it's so hard to be like, oh, is it? I wonder why. Like, what? Are, how are you feeling this morning? Like, it's so hard. Yeah, yeah. It's best with men to kind of let them come around, you know, totally. let them think that their ideas are their own. <laughs> yes. And like, let the natural consequences happen. Like, you don't have to worry about a hangover not happening. Right, right. <laughs> if our husbands are drinking a lot, right? Like right. the natural consequence will set in and you don't have to say anything about it to make sure he knows it's there. Like, right. they know. <laughs> they know, they know. You know, there were some worries in the beginning of, will our date nights be fun? Will he want to travel with me? And I yeah. just voiced those to him and he was like, that's a youth thing. I don't care if you're drinking or not. And I couldn't believe how much 
emphasis and how much credit I gave the alcohol Ooh. on me being fun, even with him. Yes. We went to stagecoach. We've been to concerts. We've done so much together and he doesn't care if I'm not drinking at all. He still thinks I'm so fun. <laughs> yes. And isn't that amazing? I love that you said that you gave alcohol the credit. And that's so true. Like, I know I did too. Like, I was like, oh, the reason I'm fun or the reason I want to connect or the reason I, people want to hang out with me is when I drink. And it's like, oh man, we're just giving alcohol all the credit for like our magic. Yeah. And when really what it does is it steals it. It takes it away. I feel more social. I'm somebody who really hates big gatherings and those things. But honestly, I feel like without alcohol, I'm more social because I can think of the next question quickly. I'm on my toes. I remember their name. I remember their kids' names. I can follow up. Whereas I used to avoid people because I would think, oh, I know I talked to her at the last party, but I don't remember what her name is. Yes. I don't remember what we talked about. Yes. Yes. Oh my God, that's so true. <laughs> and it's so bad. But I, when they get to that certain level where everyone's buzzy, I'm like, oh, right, all right. Now I'm going to, I know they'll tell me everything. I can start asking all these questions and really feeding off of their, their drunkenness. Yes. Take advantage of them. <laughs> totally. You're like, now tell me everything. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. How has your social life changed? Like with friends and with close friends, like you have your Facebook group of 200 women Yeah. and are they like, they're in it too for 2023 and kind of looking forward to 2024? So there's a small portion that I've made it as far as I have. There are some that yeah. have, you know, stopped, started again, stopped, started again. There yep. are some that are simply still just pondering or have questions or curious, Yeah, all different realms. But my, I actually have a very unique situation of my five best friends. Oh, no, there's six of us. Four of us don't drink. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. My best, best friend started the challenge on the same day. My other best friend never really has drank and yeah. the other one quit a long time ago for health reasons. So I have a very unique situation that my closest girlfriends don't. Yes. I have new mom friends, new besties here in Phoenix that still drink, but they don't care. Yeah. They don't care that I'm yes. not drinking. So I've truly, if your quote unquote friends care or stop inviting you around, you don't need them. Yes. And I'm too busy with three kids. I don't need a ton of friends anyway. Yeah. So. Yes. Same. No, it's so true. And if like the friendship is hinged upon what's in your cup, like it's not that kind of party. Yeah. <laughs> it's time to. Right. Yeah. And I think the good thing about sobriety is the deep connections that you can make so quickly. And so it can feel daunting to be like, oh my God, do I have to get a whole new friend group? And it's like, no, like a friend, a sober friend. One goes a really long way or even just sober curious. I think those like the women in the Facebook group, like they're in the Facebook group, right? And so they're already like examining their relationship with alcohol. And I think that that is so much. I mean, you don't need someone to be like 100% sober in order to feel understood in sobriety. You just need someone who is like willing to openly examine and talk about alcohol and think about it and all of the things that we talk about. It's not like, oh, well, if you're not 100% sober, you're out of here. No, yeah, definitely. And they all have questions. Well, how was Cabo? How was this? How do you do that? I know they're all 
curious in their own way. Yeah. And I just feel so lucky that I'm free of that moderation, which is something I think I learned from you, but it, it that moderation <sighs> was something I played with for years, you know, only Thursday through yeah. Sunday or only on the weekends or only two glasses tonight. Yes. And that chatter is just, I don't have time for that either. Oh my God. I literally think that that's hell on earth. And you know, my story isn't one of like active addiction that I was, you know, but that moderation piece can feel like, I mean, it feels like a cage. And if you don't know if you're in it, one good way to know if you're in the moderation is if you've ever made rules around your drinking. If you've ever said, okay, I'm going to drink a glass of water in between each drink, right? Like that's a moderation rule and you're in it and it's tough. And yeah, when people say like, is sobriety truly easier than moderation? I'm like, yes. Yes. Honestly, I think that's, you know, people ask, oh, is it easy not to drink when you're pregnant? And I'm like, well, the decision is made for you. (laughs) There's no options there. You're not... wondering, oh, should I have one tonight or three or only on Saturday? It's easy because the decision is made for you. It's black and white. No option. Yeah. There's no forever question. Right. Right. I always say pregnancy doesn't count because it does. Sure. Like it counts for your baby. It counts for your body. Like any sort of break you give yourself away from alcohol is wonderful and it counts for that. But I think that you can't judge what sobriety feels like and how it is based on when you are pregnant. Because yes, the decision is made for you. You're often looking at alcohol as like, I can't do that. Like you've missed out on a privilege, right? right? And then you don't have that forever question that is going to play with your mind. You don't have people coming up and saying like, you mean forever? Like people understand right away. Well, of course you're not drinking. And they're not asking why. I think it's so interesting. One day I want to get the guts to say, you know, why are we asking people that aren't drinking? Why are you not drinking? And so the other way around, well, why are you? Yeah. What is your reason? Yes. Why are you doing that? Yes. (laughs) Well, why are you? Yes. Yes. Oh my God. Can you do it? And then can you tell me what they say? (laughs) You're so sweet. You're like just so sweet and like even tempered that it would be like very different. Coming from me, they'd be like, okay, what a bitch. But I feel like from you, they would be like, oh, that's interesting. Okay. Hmm." Like I feel like you could deliver it. (laughs) Maybe. Yeah. If anyone can deliver that. (laughs) Okay. I'll try it and I'll let you know. But (laughs) that's been part of it for me is I'm not comfortable making the statement or being the forward forefront of change or being the difficult one or being the odd one out, which is why I think I drank because I wanted to fit in or I didn't want to make this statement, but I never really loved it. I never had a drink that I loved. I didn't love the taste of it. I didn't love the way it made me feel. And I think the anxiety the next morning was because I wasn't operating in line with who I truly am. I was becoming this fun. Totally outgoing person who said things that I would never normally say. And it's just not in line with who I I am. Yes. I'm grateful for the anxiety for sure. Cause I couldn't handle that anymore. Oh God. Yes. And the saying things that you wouldn't say and you're like, God, I can't believe I said that. And it's just like a constant, like letting yourself down and even like the moderation piece. Like, I think that that's what was so hard. I was like all of the rules that then as soon as alcohol hits your brain, right? You bust right through them. Yes. When you feel like you can't 
count on yourself and like make a promise to yourself that you constantly break. And it's not a weakness in you that you're breaking these promises, right? It's the alcohol. It literally fucks with your brain and how we think and all of the things that our body is made to do. Yeah. My own husband will say, oh, I'm not going to say this to that person or I'm not going to do that tonight. And then two drinks in, I'm like, well, there we go. Saying that, doing that. (laughs) Right. Because like our impulse control is like completely offline. It's gone. Right? Yeah. Which is terrifying. It really is. It's terrifying. Like I have said and done many things while drinking that I just would not, that's not me. And I think that then, yeah, to feel like misunderstood or... Yeah, not really known when that's what we want, right? We want people to understand who we are and to know who we are and love us. And when we can't do that for ourselves when we're drinking because the alcohol fucks with it all, I think that that's probably the, that's that shame spiral Mm -hmm. at 3 Mm a.m., right? Yeah. And if you're in it, keep going because it gets better. It gets so much better. So what would you tell somebody who is just listening to this and, you know, 2023 is winding down and they're like, you know what, maybe I'm going to have a, what, now I can't come up with something on the fly. What? 2024. No more 2024. Yeah, that's a good one. Okay. That was pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) No more 2024. Okay. What would you tell them? Like, what's your little nugget? Oh, my nugget. I know. That's a hard, yeah. yeah. You know, I keep notes in my phone on my why, just little wins. Oh, I love that. that. I always refer yeah. back to or little nuggets that I hear on podcasts or reading books that I always am yeah. checking back on. If there are trips or, for example, we went to Cabo with a big group of people and I was nervous before, but I kept playing yeah. the book forward. I get to get on that plane on Sunday feeling rested and excited to parent, not dreading going home to these little angels. Well, they're not angels, oh, but you know, yeah. these little gifts. <laughs> yeah. Just playing the book forward every, or, or booking early things and saying, I'm, I get to play tennis tomorrow. I get to stay in it. I'm showing up for myself. Yes. Yeah, it helped me just dig into as much oh. knowledge and quitlet and podcasts and information in the very beginning. I've noticed recently that I've You know, right now I'm not reading a book about it. I'm not needing that as much. Yeah. But in the beginning, just absorbing as much as you can helps you not feel alone. Totally. I like that you said like, yeah, because you're like almost a year in Mm -hmm. and it is... I've gotten questions like, oh, am I always going to be like tethered to these like kind of self-helpy podcast sobriety quit? And I'm like, no, you're not. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you'll know when it's time. And like, Yeah. That's why I lean into true crime. You know, I'm like, what's the opposite of self-help? Well, that's true crime. And so then you just, yeah, you'll get your feet under you. And yeah, I love that you keep it in your notes app too. That's a really good trick. Yeah. Taylor, thank you. Mm -hmm. I'm so excited that I got to meet you and talk about this. I think that this is going to help a lot of women who, you know, grew up drinking and then realized like, wait a second, this might be messing everything up. And just having this conversation, I think is so important. And I can't thank you enough. Well, thank you. Yeah, I hope so. I just listened to your podcast. And I love when I hear stories, you know, little tidbits out of somebody that I resonate with. So yeah, I hope, you know, I can help just even one person and thank you for having me. 
Yeah. Oh, and tell me where to find you for your coaching because you do like yes. holistic nutrition, yes, right? And I you do. coach people. Yes. Okay. I think I need this. Okay, I think I need this in the new year. Let's do okay, it. Okay. To kick the sugar. Yes. Oh, that's my favorite. Okay. So I, I help women address imbalances, which whether it's gut imbalances, which is the root cause of you know hormonal imbalances, blood sugar imbalances, fatigue, not feeling like themselves, whatever it is. And I help them kind of identify the root cause of that and work through using functional testing, but also just the foundations of health, which are sleep, hydration, digestion, mineral balance, fatty acid balance. Oh, So yeah, I just, I help women feel better who are not getting the answers that they need from their providers. So they can find me on Instagram at at Taylor Cole. That's C-O-L-E. Okay. Okay, good. We'll link it in the show notes too. Right. Okay. I'm going to sign up. I'm signing All up for right. 2024. Cool. I got to <laughs> do it. I've been trying for like 20 years and it's time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Taylor, thank you so much. You're very, very welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Sober Mom Life. If you loved it, please rate and review it wherever you listen. Five stars is amazing. Also, follow me on Instagram at The Sober Mom Life. Okay, I'll see you next week. I'm going to go reheat my coffee. Bye. I'm Madeline, and I'm the host of the Happiest Sober Podcast. I got sober in my 20s after a decade of gray area drinking, and the greatest plot twist of all time was realizing that alcohol, the thing that I thought made my life the most happy and fun and exciting, was actually the exact thing preventing me from living my happiest and best life. My mom is 40 years sober, and she joins me on my podcast very often. I like to call her my part-time co-host, and I also bring you solo episodes where I share my top tips, tricks, and mindset shifts in sobriety, and lots of how to's for navigating all the things sober from weddings to parties to holidays to bachelorette parties to trips. I'm also joined by so many guests who come on and share their sober stories and they're all so, so inspiring. I'm here to show you that life doesn't end when you quit drinking. In fact, it's very much the opposite. And no matter what your relationship was with alcohol, life can be the absolute happiest when you're sober. New episodes come out every Tuesday. You can listen to Happiest Sober Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.